burning, it's burning for you. Lance Bush is burning, it's burning for you. Welcome to another edition of Lens Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey. Before I bring on my guest for the week, I want to talk about what's really burning my bush. So by now, all of you are tired of this. You're tired of the slap heard around the world, just like I am. But it's interesting because I had no plans on watching the Academy Awards last Sunday. Did not watch a minute of it. I woke up early Monday morning, and of course, I saw everything on Twitter, and I saw all the things that were going on. And now, I'm... mesmerized by this and i have to see this kind of thing actually uh play out right i want to see how this plays out now are people that thin-skinned these days that we can't take a joke anymore right or we can't control our emotions to the point of smacking a comedian on live tv then actually sit down and yell and scream profanities on a live broadcast I just don't understand that, right? Sit down and tell us more. Are comedy roasts like Dean Martin in the 70s or the ones that are on Comedy Central, are they now dead because of this? Can you not do this? I think Chris Rock should get up and maybe do a, a roast of Will Smith. That would actually be funny. We could, we could get that. But regardless of what you thought of the joke, Chris Rock was working. He was working. He didn't need to be assaulted. And plus, Will Smith was actually laughing. He was laughing until he looked at Jada. And we've all had that look. Anybody that's been married has the seen the look of the wife rolling the eyes. Now, but what are you going to do, right? Are, you, know, you choose that moment to go up on stage and just slap uh, you know, the comedian, Chris Rock. I mean, did Chris Rock come to your house and insult you? That would be a different, different scenario, right? He was doing his job. You're sitting in the front row, and you know the rule of comedy is you do not sit in the front row with a comedian. And all the other comedians there, Amy Schumer, oh, Wanda Sykes, all of them went after a lot of the things that were even worse than what they went through. Now, you know, also, if you look at Jada's Instagram post, she said she liked the bald look, and she didn't care what people thought. So, again, you know, you, you see a situation, Chris Rock saw her in the audience. I know she's got alopecia. He probably didn't know it. He says he didn't. I give him the benefit of the doubt that he didn't know that she had it. But she just looked and says, G.I. Jane too. I mean, it wasn't that bad in my opinion. Plus, Demi Moore was great in G.I. Jane, and it was a very strong woman. I also remember the phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That, of course, has changed, right? This was referring to Alexander William Kinglake, who was the first person to use this saying back in 1844. He later became, it became a famous rhyme. It was used in an old adage. An American stand-up uh, show, ironically, of the name focuses on a day-to-day bullying at work, right? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. A common childhood rant, and it means hurtful words cannot cause any physical pain and thus be ignored or disregarded. So now Will Smith has changed this forever. Now I get it. Words can really be hurtful. But if someone says something you don't like, you just can't go and hit them. That That is not, you don't put your hands on someone else. Take Chris Rock to the side and say, look, after the show, you know, Jada has alopecia and she's sensitive and the joke was not okay with us. And that's fine. You can have a discussion about it. The other crazy thing is he wasn't removed, right? 
He got 45 minutes of a reprieve to get up there and accept his bowling trophy for best actor, right? And never apologized to the person he really affected in Chris Rock, Questlove, and all the people in the audience that were affected by this. He went on some tangent. He talked about protecting his family and being that crazy father that Richard Williams was accused of being. Uh, he had to wait till Monday morning. And, of course, the press secretary, somebody in his ear going, you got to apologize to Chris Rock. So he waited uh, to apologize to Chris Rock until Monday and since Sunday, he's now resigned from the Academy, but the investigation continues. Maybe Chris should respond back to Will and say, keep your fresh prince off my face. With that being said, it's time to bring on my guest for the week. He is the co-producer, co-host of the long-running Mission Log podcast, and multiple other shows for Roddenberry Entertainment. Prior to that, he co-produced the DVD Geeks podcast, and he's one of the creators of its predecessor, the DVD Geeks TV show. Let's welcome John Champion to Lens Burning Bush. And uh, John, I just want to put you on the I want to put you on the big screen here so that we could talk about there this. I am. But thank you for joining. It was nice of John Carla to recommend me uh, to you for the podcast. And I'm really looking forward to the show. And, of course, we had a, a major thing happen over the weekend. Yeah, well, uh, also thank you to Jen Carla. And that's quite the wind-up, Len. That, that was uh, – I'm impressed. <laughs> that was everything very well said. Um, I, I was thinking that maybe the story would have died down a little bit in the press, but as you mentioned, you know, yesterday uh, Will announced his decision to leave the Academy, which is really the only thing he can do right now. I think it's April 18th that the Academy meets and decides on any disciplinary action. So he's getting ahead of that. Like, uh, you can't fire me, I quit. Yeah, exactly. And what's you know. interesting about it is, so, so just to give everybody, the listeners, to get an idea of what this actually means when he resigned from the Academy, right? In the meantime, this is kind of, yes, he still gets to keep his Oscar for King Richard. Yes, mm -hmm. he can still be invited to future Academy Awards. Yes, he can still be nominated for future consideration. But no, he is no longer a voting member of the Academy. Oh, my goodness. That's right, going to kill right? him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, rough. Yeah. And, and there will be people lining up to hire him for all kinds of stuff. But yeah, it, 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 he's got to do more. He clearly has to do more. The apology tour seems a little um, brief what, at this point. What I don't understand, and, and again, why can't people just apologize the normal way anymore, right? We got to see it on Instagram yeah. and Twitter. He had Chris Rock. He had a whole audience of a billion people watching yeah. or however yeah. it was, right? At that point, all he had to do was say, you know, I screwed up, guys. That should yeah. never have happened. And you know what, Chris? Why don't you come up on stage? Let's shake hands and let's let's get this done. Whether Chris was still there or not, I don't know. Sure. But yeah. the point yeah, but is... Turned it, turned it into a totally self-serving moment. Yeah, it was which, like... Which was... Awful, and yeah. it, and I don't know about you, but I saw I saw Serena, and uh, you know, you see her in this, and, and they were kind of just mm -hmm. they were cringing. I mean, you know what I'm, I mean? It's just here's the movie wins best actor. He this is the best scenario. Um, I know Jada gave him the look, but come on, I yeah. mean, comedians. Uh, what was it? Amy Schumer and um, Wanda Sykes. Wanda Sykes said something. Mm -hmm. Didn't they say something? Or that Regina said something about uh, the fact that Jada's been, you know screwing somebody else basically. oh yeah, yeah. Right. i mean right, right, on right. stage that and that was that you didn't yeah. come up and obviously you're not going to hit regina 
Um, yeah, right, just, right. I just thought it was kind of weird. Uh, and he, he chose the slot because I'm still impressed the fact that Chris Rock, he, he didn't even move. I mean, oh, how, oh I know. How? Carried on. I would have yeah. been, it would you would have taken me to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, look, there's a, a many great takes on this whole thing, and and a, a couple of them that really stood out to me. Uh, one was saying, "Look, here's why you have to have comedians at the Academy Awards, especially now, right? Because essentially, you're in a room with a bunch of multimillionaires who are giving other multimillionaires awards for their million, uh, you know, multi-million dollar uh, uh, grossing profits on their movies so that then the next day their agents can call them and negotiate for higher rates for the next film that they do. That That's what the Academy Awards has become. That's what it is. So if you don't have comedians there to uh, uh, kind of just break that tension a little bit, for anybody like you or me watching the ceremony, there would be no way to relate to anything that's happening in that room. So you have to have somebody there speaking truth to power. You have to have somebody there to just sort of take the tension out and say, no, no, look, we, we have to make fun of this because otherwise it is such a self-congratulatory uh, uh, exercise that, that there's no reason to have it on the air. And I'm not opposed to the idea of moving it off of broadcast. Just put it on streaming let it be an award show about the arts and sciences of filmmaking and let those people get their due. It doesn't need to be a ratings grab. You know, I would be perfectly fine with that. Uh, the other take that I really appreciate is saying that, look, the only right move, the only right thing that Will Smith could have done in that moment is to look over to his wife and say, you want to go? And then walk out of the room. Yeah. Because if it was that egregious, if it was that hurtful that they couldn't stand it, then you know what? Take yourself out of the situation. Get out. And that would have accomplished two things. One, it might have accomplished uh, making that joke that Chris Rock said look hurtful and worse. And the audience then might have sided with Jada or Will Smith. The other thing that it would have done is it would have sent a signal to say, my wife's feelings are more important than this award show. So I'm going to take care of her and walk out of here and the award can wait. That that would have been the only right move and, and said he got it wrong. Yeah, he really, he did. Adam hmm. Carolla uh, was on talking about it. And um, I think I saw him on uh, one of the podcasts. Who, I think it might have been Colin Cowherd. And he talked about the fact that Hollywood is no more than constantly being a senior in high school and <laughs> just being uh, – running for king and queen every year of the prom. That yeah. is that is what it is. Yeah. Every year. Because you yeah. can't, you know, it's like athletes, you know, their careers end at 33, 34, and Hollywood, you, you go to 64, and you're still constantly worrying about what people think. You're worrying yeah. about the thing. And, you know, Jada and Will were, were ticked off at Chris Rock because in 2016 he said, you know, uh, how could Jada boycott? It's like I'm boycotting Rihanna's panties, and, you know, I wasn't invited, right? That was a great joke, but, you yeah. know, it, obviously yeah. people got upset at that because she was standing up for what she, she believed in, which yeah. was, you know, hey, there was no African-Americans at the show, and yeah. Chris Rock, he, she asked him not to actually do the show, right? That was a mm. that was a big mm -hmm. deal that she asked him not to do the show. But Chris got to make a living, right? I mean, sure. at, at the end of the yeah. day, he's a fantastic comedian. He is yeah. one of the best of all time. And, you know, what he said, did he know that she had alopecia? Like I said, I don't I don't think he did, If because yeah. I don't think Chris Rock is that vindictive that he would have yeah. done that. 
Uh, yeah. I just think he saw her at the moment, and it might have been something where he thought of when he saw her on the red carpet and said, "Hey, I'm gonna. She's in the front row. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do this." Right? Yeah. And and regardless, you know, the quality of the joke is not the question no, here. You know, it, it really isn't. It, it the 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 most egregious. Uh, the the most terrible kind of fallout of this is the idea that there's somebody on stage speaking words and then becomes a target for physical violence. And whether that's on the Academy Awards or, you know, down the street at the improv or the comedy store, that is completely wrong. You know, that it, it absolutely breaks the contract that the performer and the audience have with each other. Um, I, I Yeah, I, I think that there hasn't been enough negative attention on will for this agreed and, and many drivers come out now and if you saw this it call out the academy for its lack of action after uh, the slap mm-hmm. right at the oscars she got a letter from the academy addressing members about the events on sunday and how they're proceeding the actress tweeted no explanation of why no one stepped in to assist chris rock in the aftermath right no one yeah. got up on i mean chris did a great job of just standing there taking it and then yeah. getting on and you know poor quest love you know getting a great uh you know, Academy Award here, uh, something that he probably never thought he'd get, and he, nobody's listening to his speech, right? Right. <laughs> They're just right. like, what, what's happening here? It's crazy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah, you can make every joke in the world about, you know, the Academy Awards not having the integrity to to lose in the first place, you know. Yeah. Uh, but if we are going to say that this is professional and important, then, yeah, you, you got to if you're the academy, you got to back up your your members, and particularly you got to protect those people who are in danger at that moment. Come it, on, exactly. Yeah. So, th- what, my question—I don't know if you know this or not—I was thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Like, I said this to my wife because we were talking about the fact that he resigned from the academy. Obviously, he can still uh, win a Golden Globe too, because that's the F- Hollywood Foreign Press has nothing to sure. do with it, right? So there's sure. there's um, you know I don't think he's going to be affected too much. I mean, are they going to take away his, his – I don't think that taking away his Oscar is the way – I don't know. I mean, the uh, yeah. award is won, right? It's like – it's so silly, like in baseball. We have Pete Rose's stats in the Hall of Fame, but he's not in the Hall of Fame, right? It's right. kind of a silly right. thing. You know, yeah. you, you, whether you're a good guy or not, it, it's irrelevant, right? We've Roman Polanski and Harvey Weinstein, they have Academy Awards, right? So right. at this right. point – the cat that's not the issue right he should yeah. be banned from the show for 2 years i think i think i think oh, at should, least at least 2 years i yeah. think that uh, he's a he's a great star he's been He's been through this point. I mean, he was tremendous, right? There's been no, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, I guess, it, you know, there's a lot of uh, issues behind the scenes that maybe we, you know, we don't know. Um, and it just yeah. got to him because that wasn't the joke itself didn't. That's what put him over oh. the edge. Yeah. 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 There, there was something else going on there. And, and it, it was more disgusting to. Uh, try to hear him justify his actions in his speech. It was just bizarre. That night I was out with a group of friends and uh, we were at a, at a jazz show, but it, it was here in Hollywood and you know, they, they were broadcasting the awards, mostly with the sound down. Um, so then they would bring it up every now and then. And, and it, everybody was like, what the hell just happened? You know, and we're all kind of catching it on our phones after the fact to get the context of, of what had just happened. And I remember pretty much everybody around saying, like, oh, that was fake. It looked fake. Uh, was it a bit? And then you come to the realization, no, it was not a bit. And I tell you, you know, people around me, uh, one of the first reactions was, well, I'm glad he's standing up for his wife. 
No, no, absolutely not. He threw the punch. Therefore, he lost that battle as soon as he threw that punch. Yeah, it would have absolutely. Been, yeah, it would have been a lot different had Chris thrown a punch at him. Right. That's yeah. a different story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah You're exactly. defending your wife's honor. I don't know. I mean, used to yeah. be that the Grammys were always you always wondered what was going to happen. And Academy Awards right. is just like, hold my beer. And now yeah. you have a situation where uh, the Grammys is coming up. I mean, what are we going to see from the Grammys and it, you know, uh, coming up is, or is, is it going to be a, you know, uh, a situation where they're going to have to have heightened security? What are we looking at? Yeah. Yeah. I, I you really have to wonder if, uh, well, first of all, I think somebody at the Grammys will make a joke about what just happened at the Academy Awards because people can't help themselves. You would hope and, so. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's fine. But you know, this goes back to my thing that I said earlier, which is, I, I feel like, all of these award shows, maybe with the exception of ones that are voted on by the public, but there is such a, a level of separation between the movie ticket buying public and the Academy that it's hard to pick out the relevance of that show being a ratings grab for ABC on a Sunday night. It doesn't make sense. Move it to streaming. Uh, with the, the first few Academy Awards that they had, I think they did some of the... Uh, the Biltmore downtown. They might have moved to the Ambassador. I can't remember. They've been in several different places in L.A. Um, those award shows were like 45 minutes. <laughs> you know? you can- and, yeah. And, and it's it's just the industry for the industry. There is nothing wrong with that because it, now instead of it being, I mean, look, look how short they cut the, the technicians and the artists and all these people who do really – a lot of the incredibly difficult scientific and technological work on these shows. Again, it's the uh, Academy for Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. <laughs> these are the people who are getting forgotten. These are the people who are getting mm-hmm. left behind. And instead, it's all about the spectacle and the actors and the music performances and all of that. I, honestly, just take that out. Celebrate the people who are there to be celebrated because it is their careers. It is their work. It's really not for me. No, you know, no. And yeah. then if you or I had done that to uh, Chris Rock on stage, we would have been uh, they would have had us arrested oh, and we would have been put away yeah. to the ground. <laughs> you, yeah, you're Will yeah. Smith. And it's a whole another story. So, yeah, getting off the subject a little bit. I mean, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about your podcast and a little bit about what you're doing. Um, sure. You know, you're you've been involved in science fiction, and you know, around uh, a long time. And you've got the Mission Log podcast. Why don't you tell everybody what that is? And, and what you do, uh, how you make a podcast that's more probably better than anything that I've ever done here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I, it, it feels like, you know, every week we're something like 440 episodes in, plus supplemental shows, plus live shows, plus everything else. And it always feels like you're kind of figuring it out as you go. Uh, Mission Log started 10 years ago. And the quick origin story for that show is that Rod Roddenberry, who is Gene Roddenberry's son, Gene created Star Trek, for those who don't know. Um, He had done a documentary about his father, and uh, it was very good. It's called Trek Nation. You can find it out there streaming. Um, And that was really his way of examining his father's life, because Gene died when Rod was about 17. He didn't really have that close, uh, uh, a growing relationship with his father into adulthood. So he did this documentary to help himself figure out who his dad was and uh he did that 
worked very well. And then he came to me and uh, my podcast partner at the time, and he said, look, now that I've examined my father, I want to examine Star Trek because that is the product, that is the, the creation of his father, that people came up to, well, certainly came up to Gene, but came up to Rod also starting at a very young age and saying, your father's show changed my life. And it has had this profound impact. And Rod wanted to know why. And when people say that, what do they actually mean? So we started this podcast. We, we talked about what format it would be. Are, are we doing a podcast? Is this another documentary? Is it a blog? What is the, the right format to have this conversation? And we settled on podcasting being the right format to do it. And we said, okay, look, we're just going to go episode by episode, one by one, talk about it, have some fun with it as well. But really the, the heart of the podcast is to look at an episode of Star Trek and say, what is it trying to say to us? If the premise is that Star Trek is important and has something to say to its audience, then we want to examine what that message is and figure out if it's still relevant and how how close to or far away from that mark are we evolving as as a, as a society, as a culture now, after 55 years of Star Trek being on the air, and now apparently with no end in sight because new Star Trek is being made all the time. So that's the premise of the show. And uh, like I said, it started 10 years ago in August. The, that'll be the 10th anniversary since the release of our first episode. Wow, that's impressive. I mean, I, I have a tough time every week coming up with new stuff for this at 104 episodes. I can't imagine <laughs> 10 years. I, I, I'm going to be uh, disheveled and all kinds of stuff uh, with, with it doing, uh, you know, my idea was, you know, basically there are a lot of things irritating me. And I figured, yeah. you know what, <laughs> this could be a great platform to just get things off my chest get during the pandemic. There. But now I got to yeah. keep going with it because I'm like, you know, and, and getting great guests like, like you to come on uh, does help. Uh, because Thank no one you. wants to hear me rant for 30 minutes. I don't know, man. I, like, you got a brand, apparently, <laughs> with that. So, uh, well done. Well done. I mean, look, for us, it, it's relatively easy in that the format is baked in. We know that there is an episode for us to talk about. The difficulty is that it, it, is, a, uh, it is a painstaking show to produce. It takes a lot of hours to, well, first of all, sit down and watch episodes and watch them over and over again, take notes, do a little research, figure out the trivia, and then really formulate our thoughts. And, you know, the, the best and the worst thing about doing Mission Log the way we do it is that I'll sit down and take pages of notes. My co-host will sit down and take pages of notes. We don't look at each other's content before we go on the air. We just kind of blindly copy and paste it into a shared document. And then, the best thing to happen is we kind of have that in our heads. And when the conversation starts, the notes go out the window because then you're really having a conversation about the ideas that inspired or surprised you or challenged you in those shows. And look, they're not all winners. Okay. <laughs> you know, Star Trek's been around for 50 plus years. There's 800 plus hours of content. Uh, under the Star wow. Trek banner, uh, they they can't all be winners. But e even then, you get to have some fun and maybe learn something from the weakest episodes. So I have a question for you. Do you get uh, William Shatner or you get anybody to talk to you and say, look, I like this or didn't like it or what? Do you get that? Yeah. yeah. 
I, I, so, okay, Shatner is a special case. We have not had him on. Uh, no comment. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, well, he uh, should come on. Let's get him on. Let's, uh, you should, right, yeah. Uh, but no, we, we've been very lucky that, um, you know, it's interesting. So Roddenberry Entertainment does not own Star Trek, although uh, we are in very close proximity to Star Trek because as of now, uh, Roddenberry is a production partner with CBS on all of the new Trek shows and forthcoming movie and, and et cetera. So there's pr- some proximity that we have that maybe other places wouldn't have. That doesn't always help us um, for various reasons, because sometimes now we have to go through all the official channels to get people to come on the show. Uh, but what we have been able to do is over the course of that 10 years, we do our discussion analysis of the episodes. We do that without guests. But then we'll have on guests as supplementals to talk about whatever they want to talk about. And and I'll say this, you know, writers, producers, directors, they're the ones who have the most insight because they're the ones who are creating the shows. Actors, usually less so, not to say that they aren't smart, not to say that they aren't doing the homework, but actors have a very unique problem, which is that in a TV series, their job is to come learn that page that they're shooting at the moment internalize it, present the reality of that script to the audience, and then forget it because you have to move on to the next one. And imagine doing that all day, every day for months and months out of the year. All of that is going to get jumbled. Um, Leonard Nimoy was really good in his day at first distancing himself from the character of Spock, but then really doing his homework and going back and rewatching all of the stuff and interviewing people to figure out, well, Kind of like what what we're doing here. If people say this is important, what do I need to understand about it so I can relate to people whose lives have been touched? I I really respect that. My favorite thing now is when you have on an actor, talk about something other than Star Trek. Yeah. You know, we we had Armin Shimmerman on and his passion is Shakespeare. And he played Quark on DS9 and he's covered in all this makeup and he's got this very kind of extreme character. He also did his homework. He also really studied and really understands that character. But you get him talking about Shakespeare, watch out. Yeah. You know, that that's his love. Yeah, because I'm sure they get asked so many times of the same stuff over and over again by people. You know, it, it becomes that, that talking about something else is, is kind of yeah. a good thing. Now, how can people consume uh, the podcast? Obviously, I would think it's on all the platforms, so uh, you, can, yeah. you can listen to it. Now, is it a weekly uh, uh, as well? Yeah, Mission Log is weekly. We also do a live weekly show Monday nights called Mission Log Live, and that's designed to discuss all the current Trek that's on the air because Mission Log takes a lot of effort to uh, build those shows. It takes kind of all week long to do it. Mission Log Live, we wanted to be a little more nimble. And with new shows coming out on Thursdays, Mission Log Live on a Monday night, we can ask our audience, tell us what you thought. So that's designed for that. I also do a daily, uh, I produce a daily Sci-Fi 5 uh, history show, five minutes of science fiction history. Uh, the Trek files, uh, literally the other side of that wall, our archive. Gene Roddenberry kept everything, every memo, every letter. Uh, so we get to go dive in there, pull a document, and then bring in guests to discuss that. 
So all of those can be found at podcast.roddenberry.com, and that will lead you to whether it's Apple Podcasts or Google Play or wherever you prefer to download. But if you go to podcast.roddenberry.com, you can find the whole gamut of shows there. And I'll post the link I did uh, on the preview to the episode. I did it on at Lens Burning Bush. Now, you can like Lens Burning Bush on Facebook. You could do it on Twitter as well. This show airs. Uh, live or uh, we record it live on Twitter and YouTube uh, and Facebook Live. You'll see the actual video portion. If you're listening on anything else, you can listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, uh, iHeartRadio, TuneIn. You can even ask Alexa to play Lens Burning Bush, which is always helpful when you get it, you know get those devices and it comes up. But make sure you say Lens Burning Bush podcast. Because, John, I really there don't know what's going to come up, and it gets, it gets a little scary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but this is great. I mean, uh, thanks for getting up. Uh, you know, it, it, being uh, in California, you, uh, you were nice enough to get up a little earlier to record this episode, and I appreciate it. Hey, my, my pleasure. I mean, as you probably know, uh, podcasting, this kind of thing, it, it is just all-consuming. It doesn't matter what time I go to bed or what time I get up there's always something to do, you know, uh, which is fine because we, we do this kind of thing because we love it. I'm sure you do too. Yeah, no, exactly. I, you know, I never thought that, um, you know, I did a lot of other stuff in radio and, uh, in TV. I do some play by play, but it, this is a fun thing to do because, you know, every week you have a platform to do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I like to do. Uh, just, and again, it, it's kind of, mindless stuff it's like a show about nothing but uh, today we actually <laughs> we always have something right there you uh, go so it's exactly. it's kind of nice uh through that but i you know I, I really appreciate you coming on because it's interesting uh please follow uh john he's on instagram right we'll we'll uh we'll tag you on the instagram yep. post and uh you have a twitter account as well I do. Uh, well, let's see. For the show, it's just Mission Log Pod. Yeah. For me personally, it's at DVD Geeks. You mentioned my old yeah. show, which, yeah. it, I mean, that's really dating myself talking about DVDs, but uh, the, the handle stuck. So there I am. Well, I appreciate it. It's been great having you on. And uh, thanks to Giancarlo for, for uh, recommending uh, we get together. And hopefully this worked. And I'll have you on again. We could talk about more stuff. Maybe we'll have other things to talk about other than a slap, right? That'll oh, be- hey, I, I'm here for it. I'm here for the rant, man, whenever you want me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We'll, we'll start playing a little bit of, of the theme. Uh, my friends, uh, Blue Jelly, the band uh, in Northern Kentucky, and they, they came up with this. Well, thanks to John Champion. I'm Len Harvey, back with another episode of Lens Burning Bush next week. So long.